I just want to lift up one verse for us. Verse 33. And there we saw the Nephilim, the son of Anak, who came from the Nephilim, and whom we seemed to ourselves like grasshoppers. And so we seemed to them. For the time that's mine this morning, I want to talk about let us be thankful. Let us be thankful. Let us pray. Father God, we are so grateful that you have brought us into your house one more time. As we are coming off this Thanksgiving weekend, we ask that you allow us to have a true spirit of thankfulness in your holy name. Amen. Barbara, I've been struggling this week with the concept of gratitude and thankfulness and how it manifests itself in the life of a believer. The same way as last week we discussed, forgiveness can be like a thorn in our heart and build a callus on our heart is that it, 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 that it takes us out of God's will. So can an unthankful and ungrateful spirit. But it manifests itself very differently in a believer because what happens is it messes up your eyesight. So forgiveness might be a heart issue, but a lack of gratefulness is an eyesight issue. The lack of gratefulness can be like a cataract, glaucoma, myopia. It messes up how you see the world as God has laid it out for you. So many of us could be so short-sighted or delusional because we don't see the world from a perspective of thankfulness for God. One of the things I realize is that people have four different issues, and I'll bring them up as we look at this text, that cause them not to be thankful in what God is doing for them. We open our Bibles. This is one of those famous Bible stories. And this guy named Moses. <laughs> and Moses, you know, Moses. The Moses that went back, had a stuttering tongue, but on the back side of the mountain, he saw a bush on fire that didn't get consumed by the fire. And God spoke to him and said, Go save your people in the land of Egypt. So Moses went and there were some plagues, and eventually the Pharaoh let his people go. And Moses now takes this people that were slaves and marches them out. Not only does he march them out, he does some things along the way that are pretty miraculous angel. He opens, he gets to the sea, and he opens it up. He opens up the sea, he makes a highway, and he goes right down one-on-one through the Red Sea. <laughs> he gets to the other side of one-on-one, and he shuts it down, and the Egyptians get washed away. But it continues, it continues, it continues. He starts marching these people, and, and they, you know, um, the hardest thing about people is that sometimes they complain. So Moses said, you know, they complained about not having enough water, so he struck a stone and it was fresh water. They complained about not having food, and God made manna rain down from heaven. Then they said, you know, the food from God is not good enough. I want to go back and eat leeks. If you know what leeks are, they're a tasteless vegetable. But they would rather say, I would not take the manna from heaven, but I go back and eat leeks so God may quell the manna. 
God continues to work with them, and he puts a column in front of them that gives them light by night and shade by day. And he continues to work with them. And now, finally, he brings them to the promised land. They're sitting on the edge of greatness. And they spend more time talking themselves out of it than going into the promised land. You see, I, I, I usually, when I read text, David, is I don't want to imply intention because I don't know how the people think. But the great thing about this story is it's documented time and time again. That the issue at the promised land was they were unthankful for all God had done before them so that when God finally brought them to where they needed to be, they couldn't see him moving. So many of us miss our destiny not because God hasn't placed it in front of us because we can't see it because we're looking at different things. Gratitude puts us in the will of God. Gratitude lines us up with God's will. Gratitude moves us in the right direction. Dr. Jackson, I want to give you four things that these people were ungrateful for, the four ways, and then we'll talk about the one that was safe. The first thing is, is they get stuck in the past. One of the saddest and most tragic things about some Christians is they're stuck on their breakthrough. They're stuck on their breakthrough. They're stuck. You say, Pastor, that doesn't make any sense, but it does. I get so fascinated with the moment and the move that God saved me and that I can't see him afterwards. So I'm waiting for God to do exactly what he did when he brought me to him. I'm waiting for God to show up exactly the way he did before. So I don't see all the other ways he moves in my life. That becomes a problem. How does it become a problem, Jansen? Because if this is my breakthrough, all I know is God here. So I am living my life. So two years ago was the last time I saw God. Five years ago was the last time I thought I saw God. I've been in church 30 years and I haven't seen God since he had my breakthrough. Because I'm so busy looking for him to do the same exact thing. Now I miss all he's doing in my life. Very clear in the Bible that it says the Israelites built tabernacles to celebrate the things that God had done. But then they moved and continued to follow this. Too many of us get stuck at that one place that God spoke to us before. Because we're looking for God to move in the same exact way. God's infinite. He's the God of the universe. He figured out how to make stars work. So, you know, if he could figure out how to do that, he might have a different plan than the first plan he had in my life. The reality is, is that so many of us get stuck at a moment of salvation that we never see God as an active part of our life again. 
Sister Thorne, I still do this thing, you know. I sometimes I, I get stuck. We all get stuck because you know it's, it doesn't have to be the first place. It could be the next place. It could be one place that he bought us from before. But what I do every day now is I look back at the previous 24 hours. Amen. And I say, how has how has God shown me His love in the last 24 hours? Because I believe and I know from experience that God is active in my life every single day. Sometimes it's as simple as I woke up and nothing hurt. Sometimes it's just having a relationship with somebody that inspires me. Sometimes I go into work and I open an envelope and I go, oh my God, this only could happen through God. Sometimes I pray with people and I watch what God has done. But if I'm so busy waiting for him to hit me with a bolt of lightning like he did in 1988, I can't see what he's doing to me today. Amen. So the reality is, we got to get it. We miss God on the journey. I love journeys. You know, I have to believe life is a journey, but many of us have goals. Many of us have goals, right? So I get so fascinated with my goal that I can't see how he's moving me forward. So I get despondent because I'm not at my goal, and I can't see what God is doing to get me to my goal. So I'm going to pick, pick on students now. I want to graduate this year. But I get frustrated in my journey because all I'm trying to do is rush to graduation. But I miss God making a way out of nowhere at the financial aid office. <laughs> I miss God putting people in my life to help me along this journey. My goal is to be there, but I'm so lost that I miss the steps. I don't see God in my life, so I'm not grateful for all he's doing. Matter of fact, I'm frustrated with God at that moment. Why am I frustrated? Because I'm not there yet. And he's moving right here. It's the inverse of the past. Some of us get so caught up in trying to reach the finish line that we miss the beauty of the journey. Let me tell you something. Every goal I've ever had that I trust God on the steps, I never make the goal. I always go further than the goal because God's hand is on it and he does something different than I expect. But if I left it to my own power, I would have made it to the goal and been disappointed, been frustrated, been messed up, been tired, been disappointed. Disappointed because it wasn't exactly what I thought it was. But when I lean on God on the journey to go someplace, I know that He will do more than I hope or can expect, and He will bless me at the end of the journey. Because that's what God does. The next thing is, is we look at the negative. Um, I'm here to tell you. You all have disappointments in life. Yeah. 
I wish I could tell you a fairy tale. That's not what I do here. I preach the gospel, not a fairy tale. But the reality is, is there's more on the good side than on the negative side. If you look at this text, these people see the promised land. The spies see it. The first thing they say is, this land has milk and honey. This is exactly what God promised me it would be. This is more than we hoped for. But, however, maybe, but, they got giants. How can I look at the giants when the same God opened the Red Sea? When the same God made water come from a rock? When the same God made manna come from heaven? When right in front of me right now, there's a column of fire from that God, but I, I believe the giants are there. Don't, 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 don't be too hard on the Israelites. Don't be too hard, because there's so many of us. That God has given us evidence contrary to the facts, but we will get lost in what we see and not what God has for us. We get so caught up that we're ungrateful, like, oh my God, this didn't work. But look at what God did. If God can get you this far, he can take you a little further. If God can push you through the issue, he can take you over the hill. But we get so caught up in the negative that the mountain's too tall. The thing is too hard. We get so caught up in the issue that we don't ever trust God. Look at the text. Ten out of twelve people said it can't be done. You gotta understand God specializes in the impossible. God specializes in the impossible. So that when I have faith in what God is doing, he can do impossible things that aren't in my own strength. Too many of us are looking at situations and trying to work them out through our own strength. If I stay up all night and I do this, if I maneuver this way, if I meet this person, if I get this all done, wow, what we should be doing is getting on our knees and asking God to help us through the situation instead of trying to maneuver it ourselves. Because you are right. You can't beat the giant. But God can. You can't overcome the mountain. But God can. Too many of us are trying to make it ourselves and look at our human resources to do spiritual battle. The reality is, is that once we get involved with God's plan for our life, you will watch opportunities, you will watch miracles, you will watch situations change. You just got to trust the final thing. As they listen to others. You know, one thing I tell people, well, single people, um, well, I tell married people this don't listen to your single friends. <laughs> if you're single and you're trying to get with somebody, don't listen to your other single friends. <laughs> listen. 
think the people will mess you up. Because they're using their human eyes to determine your God-given destiny. There are things you're going to do in your life that don't make any sense. You prayed about it. You leaned it on God. You said, God, God's giving you the indication. And then you tell your best friend. And they told you right out. That doesn't make any sense. The spreadsheet doesn't match. You know, the book didn't say it. The over special didn't really back that up. But you pray about it. God told you to do it. But you're choosing to take everybody else's advice. You know, the issue with the 10 wasn't that. The biggest issue with the 10 wasn't what they said. It was the response from the children of Israel. That was the issue. The biggest issue goes in what the ten said. Anybody can have an opinion on anything. But they miss what God was doing. So the children of Israel, instead of listening to Caleb, trusting the God that brought listen to ten men. That led them the wrong way. I'm here to tell you, if you're going to do anything great in your life, if you're going to do anything for God in your life, there are going to be times you're going to be the only person in the room that's going to believe. Yes, sir. And that's a church. That's not in the world. That's in, in, in this. There's sometimes you're going to be the only one that's going to say, I have to trust in God right now because this is what he asked me to do. Because the reality is, is that all the evidence will be against what you think. But a thankful heart will put you in line with God. You see, all of these four things move you away from being close to God and being thankful. But what's the payoff? What's the payoff, Richard? What's the payoff? You see, the, rea the reality is, is that this was a pivotal moment for the children of Israel. Pivotal moment. This was their moment when God was going to bless them beyond belief. But because they were grateful or thankful for all that he had done before and couldn't see him moving, he cursed them. He said, you will walk around the wilderness for 40 years. But what happened to Caleb? It doesn't seem right that Caleb would suffer the same thing. But if you go to the 14th chapter and the 24th verse, it says, But my servant, my servant Caleb, because he has a what different spirit and has followed me fully. I will bring into the land into which he went, and his descendants shall possess. The reality is, is that when you have a different spirit, a spirit that is truly thankful for what God can do in your life, God will bless you, even though he doesn't bless the crowd. So many of us are looking for validation from the crowd, but all we need is validation from God, because he will bless you beyond your wildest beliefs. 
When we get engaged in God's plan, he will do things that are unusual. He will do things that will blow your mind. He will do things that are contrary or contradictory to everything the world will say. But if I'm thankful for the little steps along the way that God is moving in my life, and I trust him enough to go against the crowd, he will bless me in a special way. University, one of the greatest gifts that you can have is a spirit to be thankful. Because when you deal with the issues of life, and you deal with the down moments. But you start seeing God's hand on the little things in your life. He will start opening doors. The reality is, is some of us might be at the promised land and are missing it because we're ungrateful. Some of us might be where God needs us to be but because we're listening to the crowd, we're not trusting God on the journey, we're stuck in the last blessing. It leads us to an ungrateful spirit that we can't be thankful for the moment God has us in. If there's one gift I can give you going into the new year, because new year is you may start doing all. What are those? Uh, exactly those. <laughs> <laughs> You start doing resolutions. I want you to make this resolution. God, this year, I'll be more thankful for the things you're doing in my life. I guarantee you, you will be a happier person. Not that anything changed, but that's because you saw God. Let me please stand.
know my home church is in New York. I love my home church. Amazing church. Came back to my faith at that church. But my membership is here. You know why my membership's here? Because this is the community I live in. These are the people that pray for me on a regular basis. When I got the text messages on Thanksgiving, they were from people from here. Say, happy Thanksgiving, Pastor, because I'm in this group. So today's the day. These are the people praying for you and encouraging you. So I'm encouraging you to join. I'm going to have the music ministry sing and wait for you to come. Because today is the day where you can go to the level of thanksgiving to the Lord. On a What can I